everyone. Welcome to the second episode of From the Underground, a podcast seeking to elevate marginalized voices on Davidson campus and beyond. Today, I'm super excited to introduce Brendan Harris, a senior at Davidson College. Yeah, so I'm super honored to have Brandon on my podcast. Brandon has done extraordinary things at Davidson and beyond. He's served as the SGA president for two years, the past two years, and he also has founded your own nonprofit as well. And in addition, you started this student project last spring called Telling Stories of the Ignored and Forgotten, the historic different flipping so much bigger and just recently you during the hearing on February 8th um, the, judge, the judge decided to release your childhood friend who were from prison 12 years early and without your project and your countless hours and efforts he would have been in jail until 2034 so it's truly incredible the work you've done on campus and the leadership that you have continued throughout your time at Davidson what a leader you serve as and a role model for other activists like me on campus I guess my first question is do you consider yourself an activist on campus and if so, for what? Yeah, I would definitely consider myself to be an activist on campus as well as off campus. So mm-hmm. on campus, most of my activism has been through my position in student government, especially when I served the past two years as student body president. It gives me a lot of opportunities for my voice to be heard by the faculty, by the board, and the greater community as well. Mm-hmm. I've tried to use it to push for some changes that I would like to see. Davidson should put a lot of focus on supporting the victims that we have hurt in the past. I've tried to push the college to do better in terms of actually giving direct support to the people in the community who we have hurt for a very long time. I guess my next question is, what has sparked your passion for the work you've done on campus? Like, I guess also in terms of, you are talking about SGA, why did you decide to join SGA and what really drove you to be student body president for not just one but two years because I know we've talked about just the time and countless energy it takes to be just part of student government in general but then like to be president is a lot of energy so what kind of drove you to um, have this passion for student government and the other parts of activism? Yeah so when I came into college I was thinking that I definitely would not get involved in student government or anything like that and I really just wanted to come here and focus on my academics but an opportunity came up to join I did and and then I really saw how much power can be found in the voices. And as a minority on campus, I felt as if generally our voices are not They're generally overlooked and not acknowledged as it should be. I thought I spent more time in student government. I thought a lot about running for the position of student body president. And the reason that I did is because I thought that I could amplify a voice that wasn't being heard as much as I thought it should be. And I know that you led student government association through like the COVID era or the entire COVID era. And I was just wondering like how that really shifted the way that you approach student government, the way that you approach making change on campus. Because I know that like I came in during the pandemic, so it's definitely probably changed whether you had an outlook of the best ways to do so. Yeah, it, it changed our outlook a lot. So when we were elected, when Osan and I, when we were elected in February of 2020, we had a plan of things that we wanted to do. And we basically had the role for like two weeks, maybe. And then COVID happened. At that point, our mission sort of had to change. But I think that one thing that we did pretty well was we tried to incorporate like the changes that we did want to push on a project that we wanted to work on. We were able to incorporate those pretty well during the COVID pandemic, as well as let the administration know how students are feeling. 
during the season. Yeah. What barriers do you feel like you have faced through your time at Davidson, through SGA, or just through your own personal activism work? And how have you overcome them? Or like, how? what are some tips to overcome these barriers? Yeah, I would say that the main barrier that I've had to face is having to establish credibility. At Davidson, in, in classrooms at Davidson um, sometimes, but then also in the outside world, just being a young black man, I didn't feel like my voice was always appreciated as it should be. And I definitely witnessed, unfortunately, sometimes at Davidson and, and outside of campus where I would say something and then another person would say something that's very similar and their voice would be given more weight and what they were saying would be given more attention. I've definitely faced this in a lot of the projects I've had to work on, but I think one thing that helped me is that I've had great support while I've been here, great friends and connections to, and, and family who has helped me a lot through this um, in terms of supporting me and helping me to, to stay strong and, and face the challenges that, that come as I travel down the path. Yeah, I feel like just in general, marginalized voices definitely are not deemed worthy to have just to speak their truth and to really be an activist on campus because I mean just like the irony where I feel like the most activists on campus are the marginalized people but then we never really feel like we have a platform to be able to do so and then when we are given the voice or when we do take the initiative to take the energy to voice our opinions oftentimes we validate or as you said like we're not deemed as credible as our peers and that's definitely difficult I feel like as just going to a family white institution and constantly having to face that type of devalidation especially after we put so much into our work and pour all of our energy into it yet at the same time our peers can do the same thing but then or not do as much but then still get as much credit which is definitely difficult but I think that I guess is unfortunately something we'll have to continue facing. Yeah I think that this problem is not just I said it's Davidson. Yeah I don't I don't think that Yes, exactly. So I guess my next question is for all those future activists, how do you feel like what or what tips would you give them or advice when they're coming into campus when they want to get involved in activism? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the number one thing that I would tell them, at least try to become aware of the obstacles that you're going to face um, along the way of whatever you're trying to change. And one way that you can do that is by learning through like the wisdom of others who might have already traveled down a path like that. I think that's helped me a lot, speaking to older students and then even just people outside in society who have done some of the push for the changes that I wanted to that I want to push for. I think being aware of the challenges that you're going to face and then preparing yourself to, to face those challenges is, is very important instead of just like approaching the issue without any understanding or I don't even think it would be like appropriate to, to hope that these challenges don't come up. I think it's best for any person who's thinking about getting involved in, in activism to try to understand what the challenges are and try to prepare to overcome those challenges because they are going to happen. And you know that and you can recognize that and you're committed to the change, then everything's going to work out if you're going to do the best work that you can do. Yeah, I know that you briefly touched upon how you feel like Naomi has been very supportive of your activism work as well as there any like specific role models that kind of jump out at you when you were a first year or in my year that kind of stick out like, oh, like these were like the seniors or juniors who I really looked up to and like were really pushing the same initiatives, which then led me to do this kind of work or something like that. I would say that my, I mean, my family has been my, my greatest support and like, helping me to stay committed to, to what I want to push for. On campus, I'm very close with my friends, my roommates. I'd like to give a lot of credit to Professor Bailey, who's a part of the Communication Studies Department here. He's a great professor when it comes to like investigative journalism, public policy, and also, in addition to his academic interests and experiences, 
he had like the emotional experience that I've had being a black student and being a minority on campus, but then also having some of the same experiences that I've had growing up where I come from and having the same tie or having similar ties to my home. So he's been a great mentor on campus and there's been many others. I mean, Dean McCray, the Dean of McCray, still is an advisor for SGA. So he and I established a very good bond. And, um, there's a lot of people who've been very supportive of me while I've been here that have helped me to, to make this all happen. Curious to see how your perspective or like your studies philosophy and also are you pre-med? You're pre-med, right? I, I was. Oh, you were. Yeah. You were. Up okay. until the end of junior year. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like, I'm just curious, like in general, like the way that your classes have shaped the way that you approach activism work as well as, I guess, Dr. Bailey was definitely a big influence. Yeah, Professor Bailey. So I didn't take any class with him. I just did the independent studies with him. So he was my, my mentor for that. I mean, he's been someone who's been there for me, you know, outside the classroom for, for a while. In terms of how my academic interests have supported me, well, in philosophy, I think that I've learned, I've definitely developed a better way of analyzing things, especially arguments. If Davidson has taught me anything, I think that I've become more inspired to ask questions and really try to understand the whole picture of whatever it is I'm learning. What really made you choose philosophy? Yeah, I, I chose philosophy because I felt that it pushed me to a level that I wanted to be at. And it was very uncomfortable in the beginning. First class that I took, theory of knowledge. I really struggled in the beginning. I'd never taken a philosophy course before, but I was really interested in the topic. By the end of the first week, I really wanted to talk about it. But I spoke with the professor, and that was that was Dr. Yankovic. She basically told me that she was going to, you know, help push me to understand the concepts that we're talking about and help to push me to uh, reach my potential. And that's something that happened in that class, and that really meant a lot to me. And I learned more during that class than I had learned in any other class. And from that point, I started to explore more in the philosophy department, take more classes. I felt that I was more supported here than I had been in other departments. I thought that I, I learned that philosophy can be applied to, to anything, like any type of field or interest. And that, I think that was like a driving factor in helping me decide to share that as a Yeah, to feel like represented or also to feel like you're cared about and that they want you to reach a higher potential is something that's really important. So I'm glad that you're able to have that in philosophy. And I think it's something that all students deserve to have. The next question I have is about your semester long project with Tura. And just, it's just phenomenal how many, like how much recognition you have, which is extremely, you're so worthy of that, all of that within the, the Washington Post, within NBC News and countless other news articles. And if you haven't watched it, you should definitely go watch it in presentation and it's on YouTube. So definitely go check that out as well as all the articles I've mentioned. So I know you do touch on this a little bit, but I was just wondering what inspired you to start this project. And I know it reached lengths that you didn't really imagine it at first, but if you could just talk about that for a second. I knew many people directly whose stories I thought were overlooked by society. I thought that in many cases, people who I was close with were seen in negative light only. And you see this in the media where like people are highlighted for either the good or the bad, but nothing like all of them. And I found that a lot, at least in my community back home and sometimes here, I would see that people would be shown in these negative lights sometimes, but Saudi wouldn't really be as willing to understand actually who they are or what circumstances led to where they're at right now. So understanding that, I decided I wanted to do a project where I told the stories of people who I considered to be ignored or forgotten by society. And the original plan was to tell six stories over the course of the semester. There were many different people I was interested in talking to and, and telling the stories of. But as I got a little bit deeper into the 
project, like maybe the first couple weeks of the semester, I found that trying to understand and tell the story of one person was worth the length of one entire semester. So that's what I did. And for that project, I reached out to Surasona, who I grew up with in Annapolis, Maryland. And I also was just wondering, I guess, in regards I guess also in relation to the project, but also just in regards to your activism in general, how how you feel like your intersectional identity as a black man coming from Annapolis, Maryland, or just the different backgrounds that you hail from, like how does that shape your activism and the way that you approach, I guess, this project in particular, as well as just the perspectives that you have on life? Yeah, I've learned a lot through my experiences and I've tried to learn like through the experiences of others. I feel like I've gained a lot of emotional connection to issues during the way, like uh, as I went through different experiences growing up and being connected and actually having like pretty strong trust in the people I'm working with played a big role also. My next question, I mean, I guess if you think back to your first year self now that you're a senior, like what advice would you give your first year self looking back on your own activism at Davidson and in general existing at a predominantly white institution and then as an activist on top of that? I guess one thing that bothered me a lot during my first years at Davidson is that I felt I feel like I didn't really open up much about like my personal experiences and speak about the issues that I noticed in society. I did speak about them, but I feel like I spoke about them in more of an abstract way instead of a personal because I think that I could have introduced more to conversations that were happening at the time. I think it would have been good for me to validate my own personal Back then, I was a bit timid and less comfortable talking about or talking personally about like the issues that I noticed in society. Instead, I was just comfortable speaking about them in an abstract way. I can't really say I regret it, but I think that I could give advice to someone who would be coming into their freshman year. I would suggest that they do stay true to themselves, which, which I think I did pretty well, but I would hope that they can feel comfortable speaking about the issues that they notice in a personal way instead of having to make it like academic or abstract. Open up about your experience in the classroom. Obviously, not everybody would feel comfortable doing that. But I think if I could go back, one thing I wish I could have done better. Do you feel like you've changed a lot since your first year or even your second year or looking back to last year? I don't know. Like, I guess like people change in college a lot, but do you feel like in general, you, or it seems like you've become a more open, vulnerable person? I think so. I think so. I think that's a good way to put it. And then also, like, so I was pre-med for my first three years. Ago. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I pretty much completed the pre-med track. I came into college like interested in medicine mm-hmm. and I stayed like so tied to it even though at times I thought like maybe this is not something I want to pursue. Yeah I think college is a time to, to figure out what you really want to do with your life and try to put yourself in the best position to do it and I feel like I'm really doing that now. While doing like pre-med and philosophy I was kind of locked in but right now it's my first time taking the PSS class um, and I'm really enjoying it. I've like I'm learning a lot. I love the conversations that are happening there. One of my final questions, I know that you're telling me that how you want to pursue law school after this, and how do you feel like you see yourself continuing this social justice activism like outside of the classroom, outside of Davidson, within the law school, within your career? Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for law school. And the reason I'm excited for law school is because it's more integrated experiential learning. So in law school, you, you have like the traditional ways of learning in the classroom, having discussions, whatever. But then you also have the experiential approach where you actually get to work on cases with real people who you're able to help and learn about real situations. So I'm looking forward to that. Going into law, I'm most interested in criminal justice reform, educational policy, and juvenile justice. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've done a lot to like involve myself in those fields already. Going into law school, I'm excited to get the legal foundation and be able to understand and have like the, the ability to push for change through a legal and that's something that I'm pretty excited for. I feel like, you know, I've, I've done a lot over the past four years, but I just, I just want to 
to the, the law is that has a lot of control over systems and it has a lot to do with why things are the way. Yeah, and I think you'll gain a whole new perspective and I think that the critical thinking and knowledge that you gained from, as you continue to grow at Davidson as well as just all the work that you did with Sura will definitely translate to like the skills that are very applicable to law school. I mean, I believe so, and, you know, like the ways that, yeah, and like the specific interests that you want to go into for law school. Yeah, I'm excited for you. Well, best of luck to you. And yes, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing updates as you continue to flourish and continue to use your voice to speak your truths and about what you're passionate about, because I think that you are serving as a leader for many people and you will continue to serve as a leader um, past Davidson and students will see all of the amazing work that you've done. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Thank you.